What's going on at 11.30? How are you guys doing today? Welcome, welcome to Coastal Community Church. My name is Josh, one of the pastors here. And uh, before we get started, I just want to give honor where it's due. Can we give it up for our pastors, Pastor TJ and Shayla? And I love you guys so much, Andrew and I. My wife and I actually moved here in 2014, and we've gotten to see Coastal in a lot of different stages. Whether it was meeting in a high school in a movie theater and setting up and tearing down and being here in Parkland. And come on, somebody, we're launching another location. Like, so excited for our Lighthouse Point location coming up next weekend as we get to launch that and send a lot of people over there to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, know, and follow Jesus. That's what we're all about. That's what we've always been about, and that's what we're going to continue to do to reach more and more people for Jesus. So, so thank you, so thankful for you guys and your investment in us and our family, and we wouldn't want to do this with anybody else. So can we give it up for them one more time? So I want to show you uh, a picture of my family if you don't know much about me. This is my wife, Andrea. We've been married for 10 years this year, so we're doing good. We're going to keep going. And uh, this is James, Marshall, Nevaeh, and Ember. Some of them are here on the front row, and, and uh, they've all been baptized. We've actually gotten to baptize all of them, um, which is an incredible privilege in life. Um, but they're also all, they've all accepted Jesus. Like, we're, we're doing great. So we're so, no, we're so proud of you guys, and we'll continue to invest in y'all. And uh, as we kind of get started with this new year, how many of you guys are excited and expecting God to do incredible things in this new year? Like Shayla said, I don't know what you carried with you into this new year from 2021, but just leave it. Just like we're just going to continue to have a fresh start and to continue to put God first. You're doing great by just showing up to church on, the, on New, Year's Eve, or New Year's weekend. Um, but one of the things that we've got coming up, Brian mentioned it just a second ago, was 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is one of my favorite things that we do as a church because what it allows us to do is actually put God first in a real and authentic and practical way. And so what's going to happen is Monday through Friday, we're going to meet here at 6.30 a.m., Come on, somebody, you're not doing anything at 6.30, like, other than putting God first. And then on Saturday at 9 a.m., we're going to meet here as well. And what's going to happen is you're going to hear some devotionals from some of our staff and leaders, and then we're going to put some worship music on, we're going to pray. But one of my favorite things that we do in in prayer and fasting is we actually, if you you have those Get Connected cards, on the back of them, there's actually a place where you can fill out a prayer request. And I would encourage you, if you have something on your heart, you're wanting to believe God for something this year, I would encourage you to fill that out, and you can drop it in one of the tithe and offering boxes around our building. You can drop it at the New Here tent. You can hand it to somebody. Like, it'll get to us. We'll, we'll put it up here on the stage, and we'll fill this entire stage with prayer requests. And what's amazing is you'll have people coming here each and every day throughout 21 days, and they're going to be picking those cards up and actually praying for you, people that you'll ne- you probably don't even know. And they're going to be believing with you that God's going to answer that prayer because God actually wants to answer your prayers. He wants to give you really, really good things in life. And, and here's the thing. If, if you want this year to be your best year yet, make it your best year spiritually. So Matthew 6.23 actually says that if we seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, that all of these things will be added unto you. So we, when we put God first, things begin to change in our life. And so what, what fasting is, if you don't know what fasting is, it's simply giving something up and in place of that, 
putting God first in that area. So whether that's something like giving up food. I know a lot of people do, do uh, different types of food fasts. I know that some people, I, I, I saw people logging off social media like a few days ago. They're like, peace, I'm out. I'll see you in a few, <laughs> maybe forever. Uh, maybe you're giving up something like Netflix. But what you're allowing God to do in that space is to renew you, refresh you, to give you brand new perspective for the year to come. And so I would encourage you to participate in prayer and fasting. It's one of the best things that we get to do as a church. Well, as we dive in today, everybody say today. Today. Come on, 1130, you got to help me out. So Psalm 37 verse 4 is the verse I want to look at and focus on today. And I know a lot of us have probably memorized this verse. I know that you've probably seen this verse in people's hang, hang up in people's houses. And, and I love this verse, and I think it's so powerful. Let's read it together. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Like how many of you all know most of us, we just love that second part, right? Like, he shall give me all the desires of my heart. Come on. But what I think happens is that we miss out on the full context of this verse because we, we're, just, we're just focused on this second part because it has to do with us. But what I want us to get today, and here's, here's the biggest thing I want you to take away today, is I want you to take away the understanding of how God wants to help you reshape the desires of your heart. And don't misunderstand me. The desires that you have are not necessarily bad desires. We just fulfill them in bad places sometimes. And what we want for you as a church and what I know God wants for you is his best for your life. God wants to give you new desires. We're going to talk about what that looks like practically. And so what I think happens is we either hear what we want to hear or we completely misunderstand this verse. And so I want to clear a little bit of that up today. See, what we have here is the first part of the verse and the second part of the verse are very critical. There's a promise that's preceded by a command. So the promise is that he shall give you all the desires of your heart, but there's a command attached to it that I think a lot of people just got, ah, I I don't need that. No, you actually really do need that. It will actually completely change your life if you let it. And so there's a promise preceded by a command. And then the command is the condition to the promise. But here's what I know is, is when we misunderstand stuff, like it's really frustrating to get misunderstood, yeah. right? Like how many of you guys just like are, have ever found yourself in a conversation and then as you deliver that thing, the person that you're talking to totally perceives it and just twists it in a totally different way. And then to take it one step further, they go and tell somebody else their version of what you said that has no, that doesn't even match what you originally said, Right? Like, it's kind of like that game Telephone. You guys remember playing Telephone as a kid? Like, you're like, you like go up to somebody, and then, and then over, and and then it just keeps going until it's not even close to what you originally said, right? Like, I'll I'll give you an example. Take a look at the screen. Check out this You know, I was watching an episode of uh, You where measles came up. Wait, wait, wait. When did I mention measles? I don't know. It was on You. Wait, what? What, what, what was on me? What are you talking about? Ray, what, the, is Ray even hearing what I'm the saying? I never had the measles. What's on you? We never did a, we never did a measles and vaccine episode. Am I, is this a joke? I, know. I don't even know it, what you're talking about. It was on you. It was on you. I've never had, Raymond, I've never had measles. What are you talking about? This is stupid. It was an episode of a show, Laura. What's it called? 
You. What is you. He about? It's called you. I've never done a show on measles. I, I just completely give up. We gotta get it's out. It's a show I, I give up. called you on Netflix. There's a show called Loring on Netflix. What are you never talking mind. about? I'm moving on to Adele. I can't. Just move on to Adele. I can't, I can't handle this anymore. Like, man, that's so hard to watch. I mean, that's like hard to watch like the first season of The Office, right? Like that, that is so frustrating when you're trying to, you're just trying to communicate something very simple and then they just are lost. They're just like, what? I'm so sorry. I cannot figure out what you're saying. Honestly, though, I, I think when we read scripture sometimes, we, we just miss it and we just take it for what we think it should be and we just run with that. Yeah. That's a great way to mess up your life. <laughs> so what I want to do today is really bring some clarity to this verse. And so uh, I, I want to ask this question, and if you're taking notes, write this down. How do we develop the right desires in our life? How do we develop the right desires? So I want to take a look at two words in this, in this scripture. There's the word delight, and then there's the word give. Let's take a look at the word delight first. And when you think about the word delight, or when you hear that, what, what are some other words that you can associate with that? Like, just shout them out to me. Happiness, chocolate. Okay. I haven't heard chocolate yet. That's, that's hilarious. Satisfaction. Yeah. So like those things are not necessarily wrong other than the chocolate thing. That was kind of random, <laughs> but those things are not necessarily wrong in this context, but they're not the full picture. And when I was doing a word study on, the, on this word delight, I actually was kind of surprised on what it means. It's this Hebrew word, it's pronounced anag, and it means to bend towards, to be moldable, soft, and pliable. Now, another way that we kind of describe this state of being, of being moldable and pliable, is actually, we, we kind of cover this in, in our Next Steps classes. How many of you guys have been through our Next Steps classes? If you remember, in Dream Team, we talk about this word, teachable. And being teachable is so, so important in life. It's kind of tied to humility. And when we're moldable and when we're able, it's when, it's when we're moldable that we're able to be shaped by God. Yeah. When we're moldable and when we're pliable, we're able to be shaped by God. And, and when God wants to reshape our heart, what that means is we need Jesus in our life. Yeah. I heard this funny thing that's like, you, you need Jesus to go to Walmart at this point. <laughs> like, you, you, you need Jesus for little things, and you also need Jesus in big things. And so when we're moldable, he, he can begin to change us and soften our hearts. Our teachable heart can be formed into what God wants it to be. And it says this in Ezekiel 11, 19 and 20. It says, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. Like, man, the day and age that we live in, people's hearts are so divided into so many different things that God is asking them, hey, I, wanna, I want your undivided heart because I want to put my spirit within you. And I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. And so I want to I kind of give you a Sunday. We're going to go back to Sunday school here with this. Uh, this is a stone. This is actually from the sink in the bathroom in there. So all you have is all you need, right? Like we're just going to go with this. So he's talking about a heart of stone. And I don't know if you've ever tried to mold a stone. It's not working, right? Like there's, I'm not moving this thing at all. Like I can try with all my might and all my strength, but it is not going anywhere. And, and when our heart is in this state, when God tries to come in and reshape it, nothing's, nothing's happening. It's not going anywhere. So what we need is a heart 
that is moldable, the heart that's teachable. Now, this is Plato. I haven't played with Plato in, in a while. But when we're able to be reshaped and reconfigured in life, what happens is God's able to work with that, and he's able to take his heart and make it more like ours. Now, understand, some things have got to fall off. So he's got to get rid of some things in our life to make us more like him. And all of a sudden, we have a heart that looks more like Jesus. So it's really important to understand this when we're talking about this verse 4 Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of our heart. See, the, the desires that we have, again, are not necessarily bad. They're just fulfilled in some of the wrong places in life. So we want to help you understand how God wants to come in and rule and reign in your life so that he can give you new desires. I love what Roger Sipe says in his book, Train Your Brain for Success. It says, and this is your first point, it's a little kind of a math equation here. Your desire to learn times your willingness to change equals your level of teachability. Your desire to learn times your willingness to change. Like a lot of us have the desire part down. Like, man, I want, I want, to, I want to learn, but the action, putting action to it and being willing to change is where I think a lot of us fall short. And that equals our level of teachability. See, a lot of us want to delight ourselves in ourselves. It actually says in the Bible that the heart is deceitful above all things, and we actually need to guard our heart. We can't just let any, anything just come in and rule and reign in our heart. It's actually got to be only Jesus that rules and reigns in our heart. And if you've been struggling in life, I would submit to you that the reason you're struggling is tied to what you desire. But delighting yourself and being teachable in the Lord actually begins to unlock his desires that he's placed within you. Now, we just looked at the command, which is delight. Now I want to look at the promise. We love talking about God's promises, right? Because his promises are yes and amen. They're fa- he's always faithful to keep his promises. So the next word we need to look at is this word give. It's pronounced nathan in the Hebrew, and it means to bestow or place as a gift. God wants to give you good things. And if I'm truly delighting myself in the Lord, what I'm doing is I'm actually aligning with his will, not my own. I'm going, hey God, like I I don't, at this point, I don't know what's best for me. I need you to teach me something. I need to be humble and I need to receive something that you want to give me. So I want you to go to the next point. It's this, God wants to give you good things so that he can teach you about his goodness. And one of the best things that God has ever given me is the gift of children. My kids, I love them so much. And I actually want to bring up my baby, my baby girl. Come on up. Give it up for my, my youngest here. What is your name? Ember. Ember. You look so pretty today. Doesn't she look so pretty? And how old are you? Six. Six years old. Six years old going on 16. Sometimes with that attitude that you have. I'm just playing. But... <laughs> Hey, what's your favorite color? Blue. Blue, like coastal blue? <laughs> right, that's right. You train up a child in the way that they should go, right? So uh, how many of you guys have taken your kid to like Disney, right? Okay, so we have not done Disney yet. I'll just be honest. We are afraid. We are very, we are very fearful to, to do the Disney experience with four of them. Um, because sometimes what ha- we'll take them to like the zoo, and we've, been, we've done some other stuff. Um, but what happens is, is on the way to those things, we're kind of prepping them like, hey, 
you're going you're gonna to walk the whole day, right? That's foolishness, y'all. <laughs> Every parent here knows, like, that's not happening. And so we get to, we get to the thing wherever we're going, and, and we, you know, we're walking around, we're holding it, we're having a good time, and, and then about 15 to 30 minutes in, what happens? You kind of, what do you do? You kind of start slumping, right? You're just like, oh, this is just the worst. She's such a good actress. This is fantastic. And then, and then, and then what do you do? Daddy, can you hold me? Yeah, every parent has heard that, right? And so... At this point, like, we're already tired. And so this is, this is what happens. We pick them up, and they kind of do this thing where they're just, like, just hanging. They're like a sloth. They're just, they're just kind of floppy, right? They're, they're not interested. They're interested in you doing all the work. And so what happens is, is it, when we're reluctant to pick up the, the good things that God gives us, what it shows is that we don't value them. What it shows is that you know what, like, I know, God, you're trying to teach me something right now. I know you're trying to give me something good, but I'm not willing to put in the work it takes to steward that thing because I'm just being lazy. But what happens when, here, come on, come on up here. What just happened? I repositioned, I'm holding her close. The weight shifted. Everything changed when I decided to bring the good thing that God gave me closer. And now all of a sudden I've placed value on this thing. Now all of a sudden she knows that I love her and that I care about her. Are you just taking a nap back there? What are you doing? (laughs) She's like, nap time. But all of a sudden everything changed about the intimacy that I have with this good thing because it's something that God gave me. Now, when God gives us something, understand that there's a responsibility and a stewardship attached to this thing. And that's not just kids right? Like this, this has to do with your marriage. This has to do with your finances. This has to do with your mental and physical health. Everything, John Maxwell actually said like this, everything worthwhile in life is uphill. Everything worthwhile in life is uphill. So it's going to take some work to hold these things close, but you never know when the very thing you're holding is actually your legacy. So you're investing in something that God's given you because he trusts you to be the steward of that thing. Does that make sense? Thank you. I appreciate you. Love you. Give it up for Ember. So what happens is, is, is a lot of times when we're going through life, we're, we're kind of asking God these who, what, where, when, how questions because we're having a hard time trusting him. And what I know about my own life, I actually, at one point, I was, I was in my junior year of college, and I was studying worship ministries at a small private Christian college, and, and I was kind of in that, like, bubble. You know, like, when you're in college, like, nothing, the, the rest of the world doesn't matter. Like, you're in college, you're living it up. And I remember kind of getting towards the end of my junior year, and, and honestly, having this moment where God was really speaking to me, and he was saying, hey, Josh, I want you to take some time off. And I'm like, hold on a second. So it's my junior year. I have one year left, and you're asking me to take some time off. Okay. So now I'm going to my parents, who have been paying for my education this entire time. And I go, hey, Mom and Dad, I know that I'm almost done with school, but I would like to take two years off. You can imagine how every parent, I just gave every parent here an anxiety attack. (laughs) Like, 
that, I mean, that was a rough conversation, but what I so appreciate about my parents is they, they taught me throughout my childhood to listen to the voice of God. When he speaks, you better listen. And so I was able to kind of explain what was going on and what God was creating within me, these new desires, because what, what was happening is, is, is I kind of had this moment where I was like, I don't know if, if full-time ministry is really what I'm called to. I wonder if this is something that I'm just supposed to be faithful to when I have a different career. And so I actually was able, my parents allowed me, they said, hey, we, you know, we, we're, we totally trust you. And so I actually went to interview at Walmart. Uh, my dad actually was an executive at Walmart for about 32 years, and I, I kind of grew up in the Walmart culture, um, but my, my dad wasn't in the stores. I went to interview at a small kind of startup store, and I walk into this interview, and I, I, was, I was basically interviewing for what I thought was a kind of bottom-of-the-barrel, like, associate-level job. Well, I walk in, and the manager goes, hey, so you're here to interview for the assistant manager role, correct? And I was like... Well, what I should have said was, oh, no, I think you have me mistaken for somebody else. But what I actually said was, yes, ma'am. <laughs> like, we're from the South. We say yes, ma'am all the time. So I kind of had a panic moment because I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm interviewing for a position that I have no experience and no business interviewing for. And so I kind of walked away from that thinking, like, there's just no way. Like, <laughs> there is no way that I'm going to get this job. And then two days later, they're like, hey, you're hired. We'll see you, you know, soon. And so I'm, I'm in full panic mode at this point. I'm just like, how is this going to, like, how is this going to work out? And about a month in uh, to my training, I just remember kind of, kind of having this moment of fear. Like, how many, how many, you know, you like, you start a new job and there's, there's, a, there's a point where you're just like, man, I don't know if I want to be here. <laughs> It's, it's a bit daunting, and, and, and everything is kind of overwhelming, but I just, I just found myself in, in my manager's office just kind of going, man, like, why, would you, why would you hire me for this? This makes no sense. Like, I have, no, I have zero experience. And she said something to me that I'll never forget. She said, Josh, from the moment I met you before the interview, when we shook hands, I just knew I could trust you. And that stuck with me because honestly, I think what God is looking for us to do is trust him. Yeah. I think what he's looking for us to do is trust him, not only with one season of our life that seemed like planned out and all good and we're doing great, but also, hey, trust me in the uncertain season. Yeah, hey. Trust me when it doesn't make sense to trust me and all you have is trusting me. Yeah. I think it's so important that we remember that. And as I kind of reflect on that, that moment, I, I realized that a lot of the things that I was doing on the outside didn't make sense to a lot of people. Like I had so many people question, like, are you sure? Like that seems totally backwards. And I was like, trust me, I'm in the same thought as you. Like, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me either, but it doesn't always have to make sense to be God. Like, it doesn't always have to make sense to you. It just has to make sense that you would trust God with everything. Even with the trajectory of my life, I was able to go, you know what? Like, God, I'm just going to trust you because I know that your, your word says that nothing is wasted. So I'm going to trust that. I'm going to put my trust in your word. And so he moved me from a comfortable path to an uncomfortable one to teach me something. Now, I want to take you to your next point. This is point three. It says faithfulness isn't always fun, but obedience leads to fruitfulness. Like faithfulness is not always fun. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's your relationship with your kids, whatever it might be, 
Maybe it's your business. Being faithful in that thing isn't always fun. Like sometimes things require a little extra work. Like marriage. How many married couples in here? Like marriage is not just spelled how you think it is. It's spelled W-O-R-K. It's work. When you stop working on your marriage, things start to look a lot different than you thought. Because you're not willing to put in the work to see that on the other side of that work is a fruitful relationship. And guess what? God honors people who are obedient to him. So your marriage actually becomes a testimony to other people. When they look at your marriage and they go, man, wow, wow, wow. It seems like you guys have such a great relationship. Yeah, it's because we worked on it. Business leaders, the reason that your business maybe isn't going the way you thought it was is because you stopped being faithful in the little things and you took your eye off your original vision or you took your eye off the things that God had called you to and you moved to something else. Maybe it was an integrity thing. Man, we have got to be people of integrity. If we're gonna represent Jesus well, we've got to be people of integrity. We've gotta be teachable. We've gotta be humble. We've got to realize that God is trying to use all these different moments in our life to reshape our desires for the things that he wants in our life. Now let's take a look at the verse right before this, the verse that precedes it is verse three, and it says, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. And if you're wondering what God's desire for your life is, it's, it's right there. It's plain, it's plain as day. There it is. Trust him, do good, dwell in the land. Now, what does dwell in the land mean? That basically just means be faithful where you're at, be present where you're at. There were so many moments when I was working in Walmart, that God was just saying, hey, I just want you to be faithful. I want you to be faithful where you're at. And, and I want you to see that I'm doing something new, not something that, is, uh, that isn't useful. I'm actually trying to put something new and good in your life. And when we feed on his faithfulness, it begins to redirect our desires. I think John 15, this is Jesus actually talking to his disciples. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When our desires become aligned with God's desires, it begins to change everything about our life. We have new perspective, fresh vision, because we're allowing God to shape our desires. We're not not focused on ourselves. We're focused on God. And when, we, when our desires become God's desires, it completely tr- changes the entire trajectory. When, when, when in one moment you thought you might be going this way, he's going, no, 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 I need you to go this way. And that's where we have to trust him. I love what Sam Walton said about his first Walmart store. He said, it's true that when I was 44, we opened our first Walmart store in 1962. And like most other overnight successes, it was about 20 years in the making. Man, can you imagine like, 20 years spent building his character, building his vision. I mean, you talk about Walmart. It's, it's, it's one of the most, it's probably the most successful retailer still to date. And growing up in that culture, I remember my dad talking about when Sam used to walk through the hallways of, the, of their kind of first corporate office, and he would just go around and encourage people. He'd go around and he would add value to every conversation that he would have. And those little moments of adding value to people, we're building something that to some people looked like an overnight success. But what it actually was, was 20 years in the making. It's such an incredible legacy that he left 
And I think a lot of us are looking for that type of thing in our businesses, in our marriage. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe I can speak to somebody who's struggling with an addiction right now. Here's the thing. It's going to get hard at some point. It's going to get hard. Like that, that thing that you want right now, like your sobriety that you want right now, is going to take some work. And there's going to be a point where there's a battle over your soul, and that battle is between spirit and flesh. And in those moments, you have to submit yourself to the spirit and the will of God. In those moments, business guys, when you have an integrity choice to make, you have to submit to the will of God in that moment. In your marriage, when it, when it isn't fun, and maybe you just got in a huge fight, Maybe you've been struggling for a while and things have just kind of been piling on you. What you need to understand is that in those moments where you want to run, in those moments where you just want to give up, don't give up. Submit yourself to the will and to the spirit of God. Allow his spirit to come within you and to begin to change your desires. You know, I decided to actually stay at Walmart, believe it or not. I didn't, I didn't run. I, 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 I mean, I wanted to. Um, there was, there was a lot of wanting to leave, but man, there were so many times as I was working in the stores and I eventually got to work in the, in the corporate office, there were so many times where God gave me so many opportunities to share the gospel, to have hard conversations, to lead people in, in really difficult moments and in really triumphant moments. And all of those things I realize now were things that I actually needed to be able to be in the role that I am today. I've got to have a lot of hard conversations. If you remember, TJ said a few weeks ago, like, I guess I'm the guy to come to when there's conflict. That's hilarious to me. But there's so many tools that God used in that season to help me in the season that I'm currently in. And what we realized in both working full-time jobs and doing a lot of different stuff, we had kids at the time, is that there were so many moments where we realized, you know what? Like, we would be doing ministry. We were probably actually doing about 40 hours of ministry, like, anyways, on top of all that. We were setting up and tearing down in a movie theater back in Arkansas. We got to help a couple friend of ours uh, uh, actually plant a church. We were setting up and tearing down in a random clubhouse to do a, a youth group every Wednesday night. You were the kids director, Andrea. Like, there were so many different things that we were doing that we realized, you know what, it doesn't actually matter if this is like a career move or not, this is just a faithfulness move. This is something that we can always be faithful in because it's God's desire for our life no matter what. And I loved the time that I had at Walmart because it shaped who I am today. And, I, and while in the moment, it was rough. And while in the moment, I questioned a lot. And, and, and understand this, when God has you in a, se- a season of uncertainty, he doesn't want you to shut up about your questions. He actually would rather you come and be honest with him and ask him. And let me tell you, there were so many points where I was like, God, I'm struggling to understand what you're doing here. But it's okay. He, He wants us to bring those things to him. Now, point number four, write this down. It says, God is not protecting your plan. He's protecting his promises. He's not protecting your, like we like to make all sorts of plans. But he's actually wanting you to realize that his promises are for you. Let's take a look at verse 5. Psalm 37, 5. It says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. 
trust in the Lord. Notice that in verse 3, it starts with trust in the Lord. And now we're seeing it again here in verse 5. Because delighting yourself in the Lord requires trust. Here's what I know. God doesn't want to simply live up to your expectations. He wants to exceed them. He wants to exceed your expectations. You know, so many times we were, we're struggling to understand, God, why are you having me right now wait on, on, on this, this thing that I want? And he's just going, man, if you'll just wait on my timing, if you'll just wait on my plans for your life, if you'll just wait on my promises, I've got something so much greater than you could possibly imagine. And let me just remind somebody of God's promises today because that, that part in the verse where it talks about feed on his faithfulness, what that looks like is putting our faith in his promises. So let's take a look at some of his promises. Joshua 21, 45, God's promises never fail. Joshua 1, 9, God is always with you. Ephesians 2, 10, God designed you for a purpose. Romans 8, 38, verses 39, God loves you deeply no matter what. Psalm 119.68, God is always good. Isaiah 54.10, God is compassionate and kind. 2 Timothy 1.7, God gives you power for your life. Psalm 16.11, God's presence brings you joy. James 1.5, God will give you wisdom. And Hebrews 10.23, God can be trusted. I love, I'll take a little bit more of a deep dive in Hebrews 10.23. Let us, it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Church, God is faithful to complete the work that he started in you. You just have to trust him, and you have to understand that in order for you to run that race that he has you on, you've got to be humble, and you've got to be teachable, because there's going to be points in, that, in, in your journey where you're going to go, man, I don't, I don't have this figured out, and that's okay. Because what that requires is that you trust him again and that you continue to trust him again and you continue to feed on his faithfulness because he wants to give you good things in life. And maybe, maybe you're walking in here today and, and, you know, we just talked about this word hope. And maybe your hope has been shaken this year. Maybe you're carrying some stuff in from last year and, and you have some fear and anxiety. But here's the thing. When you put your hope in anything else but Jesus, that thing is going to fail you. But the Bible says that hope's name is Jesus. And we can put our faith and our hope and our trust in him and him alone. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe that's you today. And, and you're walking in here and going, man, my heart kind of looks like this stone that we talked about earlier. Maybe you're in here today and, and you're struggling to understand why your desires have been one way and you're wanting to, them to completely shift to God's ways. My prayer for you is this. It says in Psalm 51.10, God, create a pure heart in me and put a new and loyal spirit within me. And I want to give you an opportunity for God to give you a new heart today. I wanna to give you an opportunity for him to come in and rule and reign and take over every aspect of your life. 
Maybe you don't have a relationship with this God that we're talking about. And if that's a, a relationship that you want to begin today, I, I can promise you it's the most important, impactful relationship that you'll ever have if you would put your faith and your trust in Jesus. So if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you'll just slip up your hand on the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip up your hand. Yes, I see you. Thank you. Yes, I see you. So proud of you. Anybody else? Yes, I see you back there. Yes, thank you. If you'll just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say, Jesus, I love you. I ask you to come into my life today and take over and transform every part of my life. I know that I don't have it figured out. I don't know that I have all the answers, but God, I know that you are the one who holds all the answers that I need. God, I trust you with my life. God, I step into a new calling and a new season. God, I thank you for Jesus that he lived a sinless life and yet died a sinner's death so that I wouldn't have to go through that pain. God, I thank you that I can trust you. Lord, I'm so grateful for the hope that I found in Jesus today. God, thank you for what you're gonna do in my life all the days ahead of me. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Amen.